Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. I am your host Sam Moores and today, this is it, it's the week two recap. We're, we're fully into the swing of the season now and today joining me to go through all of Sunday's games is Liam Horsey. He's been on the podcast before a couple of times. Uh, he's, res- he's a resident Chiefs fan at Full 10 Yards as well and uh, we'll, we'll get into that game later because it was very, very interesting, interesting to say the least. But it's, as always Liam, it's great to have you on uh, to talk about the games and we had a, a very interesting night last night, lots of close games. A few shocks in there as well. Just uh, it's gonna be good, exciting to sort of talk through them all, isn't it? Yeah, some overtimes as well, which is always fun for us. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Some, yeah, get some free football. But yeah, it was a good weekend. Uh, good weekend of action. I think some of the offenses still struggled, but uh, that led to some fun turnovers, some high-scoring games, regardless. So yeah, we got some uh, some good games to talk about um, from, from from week two. I think week two is better than week one in terms of uh, the game perspective. So yeah, should be uh, should be fun. We're gonna uh, we're gonna start with a game that I didn't expect to be up here. To, if, uh, when I when I uh, when I started watching the game twenty four hours ago, to be honest with you, I thought, I thought oh, this Washington Denver game is gonna be a bit rubbish. But um, God, it had a mad finish, uh, ending with a with a, uh, a Russell Wilson hail Mary, but then a, a two point conversion failing. Uh, the Washington Commanders moved to two and after taking command in the second half of a fiery matchup against Wilson and Peyton's Broncos. The Den- Denver were the better team, I'd say, in the first half. The, uh, the defense was actually manhandling the Washington overline and. Um, the, their offense had some explosive plays as well, including a Marvin Mins sixty-yard touchdown. Um, Russ was actually, you know, he looked good as well, carrying on his steady play from last week. Last week he was quite conservative, but he didn't turn the ball over or anything, and um, was a lot better than he was last year. This year we saw some deep throws in there. The shot to Mims looked felt like it was, you know, it felt like there was time to lock it downfield there for him. Um, it felt like the Seattle days, which was which was really good. Uh, they were twenty-one-three up, and then the game changed. Uh, midway through the second quarter, Russell scrambled left, and and Jarmin Davis um strip sacked him actually, and uh, and Washington, Washington went down to score with a, with a Curtis Samuel jet sweep setting up a raising opportunity, uh, and then Sam Howell found Logan Thomas in for, uh, for a touchdown on the fourth on fourth and goal. Um, Thomas was hit on the helmet by Kareem Jackson uh, on that play too, who was then ejected. Um, and they made the two point try to make it twenty one to eleven, and that was a real momentum changer because uh, the Commanders got a stop and and how led the team to field goal range to make it a one score game just before half time, twenty one to fourteen. Uh, and then the first play of the second half was was mental as well because Deron Payne burst through the middle to sat Russ Wilson despite being held, uh, and produced a three and out for the Broncos. The Broncos' offense, and from then it was it was it was all it was all Commanders. They tied the game on the next drive. Somehow, a beautiful TD throw to Terry McLaurin over over the head two uh, defenders uh, to get to get in there, uh, and then a, a, mis- a miscommunication between Wilson and Cortland Sutton saw him throw an interception right to Emmanuel Forbes, who who's got a habit of uh, he had a habit of uh, being around the football in college. He carried that on into the NFL, um, but he didn't take advantage of the turnover. Um, but but one thing that did happen is Denver they they sort of might start to lose the trench battle as the second half progressed. Rush just got sacked after sacked after sacked, which he didn't 
they didn't happen the first six quarters of the season for the Broncos. Uh, he was sucked seven times in the end. Um, the Commanders' D line really, um, really showed why they were well, paid well. While they, obviously a lot of them were drafted highly as well, paying Chase Young with a couple in there as well. Um, and then what won the game for the Commanders? Uh, well, what set them up with a big lead before the Broncos' uh, comeback was their run game. The Broncos' defense just couldn't stop uh, Ryan Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Uh, the, whether it was a run or a pass to Jimson, which it was a, a, you know on the occasion, uh, the two of them, especially Robinson, took over the game, and, and the Commanders were suddenly thirty-five twenty-four up with uh, in in the fourth quarter. They were heavy favourites with a few minutes left. They forced Denver to a field goal. Um, they were around two minutes left, and uh, with uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat meeting for a sack on the third third goal, third and goal when Denver were, were well, they were ten minutes down. They were. They had to settle for a field goal. They went onside kick. It, it almost they almost made it the onside kick, which surprised me actually. To be fair, um, that that, that would have been an even a more thrilling end. But they forced a free and out for the for the Commanders, and with just under a minute, Russell Wilson had no timeouts, but he had he had a minute to get down the field to get eight points to take the game to overtime. A scramble on fourth down, a fifteen yard pass, and a fifteen yard pass to Colton Sutton set up a hail mary opportunity from the fifty yard line. The ball fell at the goal line. It was flicked up by the Washington Commanders defender and caught by Brandon Johnson for his second touchdown of the game. But the two-point try was no good. Ben St. Juice had to... It looks to probably... I think he probably did commit a PI on, on Sutton. He, he sort of... He, 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 there's a bit of a jazzy pull in there before the pass was made. Um, the refs didn't call it. And uh, that was a controversial way to end a thrilling game for... for uh, it certainly was. And, and one thing that I did actually notice as well is uh, that in... In this game for the Commanders, Sam Howell threw to eight different receivers of over twenty yards each. So they were spreading the ball around, but that's that. You know, the offense, the Commanders already took over in the um the, the second half, and a, li- a little bit of old school rust couldn't stop that because the Commanders were really good yesterday, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, their defense was 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 really good, and uh, like you said earlier, Brian Robinson, I think, was probably the difference. I think he was eighteen carries for eighty-seven yards. I think he added another. Uh, what was it, 42 on the ground from two receptions, so over 100 yards there combined. Uh, I think he's third now in fantasy points for running back positions. Obviously, can't remember who number two is, but CMC clearly there at number one. But uh, yeah, I thought he was a good difference. Um, like you said, the defensive line got home in the second half. Uh, but if people are going to go back and rewatch this game, they're not going to see much great quarterback play hmm. from either yeah. side for me. Uh, you won't see two two quarterbacks hold the ball in weird positions when they shouldn't. Uh, more than they did in this game. Their time to throw was really, really high. They were holding the ball. They were getting sacked. They were getting throws away uh, down to the right sideline, just rolling out right. It was almost watching the same player. Like Sam Howell gets compared to Russ quite a bit uh, in terms of how he doesn't quite see the field and gets sacked quite a lot. And if you watch this game back, you'll see that <laughs> that's two quarterbacks that just don't quite know the internal clock, maybe because Russ is a bit older now, can't scramble like he used to. And Sam Howell, unfortunately, has always been bad against pressure and, and taking sacks. But, yeah, it was a really fun game, entertaining game. The Hail Mary was was, was crazy. It was very Broncos-esque that they had this crazy Hail Mary play that I, I kind of turned my TV off and was like, nah, nothing's <laughs> going to happen here. All of a sudden, I looked at my iPad like 10 minutes later as I was going upstairs. I was like, hang on, they scored a touchdown. Uh, but then, like you said, the the, uh, the two-point conversion didn't gain. I, I think it was probably a PI, but I could see where the refs didn't give it because I don't think the pass was like accurately onto Sutton. I think it was still kind of out of, out of his path. And it was a little bit of a bang-bang play, but if that was the chief, <laughs> I'd, be, uh, I'd be begging for the uh, the PI there. But um, yeah, it felt very Broncos and Russ-esque that they did this crazy Hail Mary play and then they didn't get the two-point. But yeah, a really, really fun game. Good win for the Commanders. Go 2-0. Sean Payton's 0-2. 
will we see Jared Stidham soon? <laughs> I think maybe, but we'll see. Because I don't think he's played as bad as he did last year. Um, they're moving the ball better than like any offense in the league. I was reading a statistic in terms of like how often they convert first, second, third, and fourth down. They're actually number one in the league, but they just can't score and they just don't have enough drives because every drive is 13 plays, dink and dunk. There's no explosive mm. plays unless Marvin Mims is involved. Um, but yeah, fun game. But yeah, not not the greatest quarterback battle ever, but I didn't think we'd see as many points as we did. So at least it was good to watch. Yeah, I share the same opinion of you. With, I think the Broncos look a lot better than they did last year, so especially offensively. Like it, for yeah. me, it just they just yeah they just come unstuck when you know especially in the red zone or when they need a big play to be made. A lot of the time, it, it you know it's, it's a throwaway or something like that. And I I just I mean I was watching this with Charlie last night, and he he just he just whenever anything happened, he just wasn't surprised by it because it's just been. I think obviously they scored. I think they scored like I think they only scored over twenty points six times last year or something like that. So it's just, just um, obviously this is a lot more than twenty points, but just yeah, it's weird. I I find it odd how you know that I I don't I don't think I'd see a Sean Payton team that get out coached like that much in the second half though. That's what that's what mm-hmm. sort of that's what. I was like, oh, okay, this this isn't good because you know they had like a they had a three score lead and ultimately can end up losing. Yeah, it's not good to be out coached by Ron Rivera <laughs> uh, in the modern day era. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, you just, I just don't think he trusts his QB. You know, it gets to a point where you got a three score lead and you kind of know they're just going to run it up the gut. Let's try and waste time, kill the clock, and we'll win this game. But unfortunately, if if the other team knows that and they stop the run, like the Commanders did in the second half, then they mm. get sacked it's very difficult for, for you to go back and win that game without points. And they just, I think Charlie mentioned in the group, like, okay, we scored 20, but then we got to 20 and decided to stop, stop playing offense. And that was exactly how I felt. It got to 20 points and it was like, okay, right. Every drive is just stalling now either via a sack or via a terrible second down, second and 10 run play. Um, but yeah, fair play to the commanders for coming back because I didn't think they would when it got to that score, that three score lead, I thought that was probably the game over. Uh, and they came back on their defense and then, to be fair to him, um, some good play calling from Eric Bieniemy. I thought that second mm. half he he really changed the game plan and and mixed things up on first and second down rather than just running it a lot on on first down. And uh, I think tight ends as well. They got way more involved in the second half than they did in the first. And yeah, come out with a victory in there two and zero. And I think the NFC East is something like seven and one now. So mm. um, yeah, yeah, it was a good day for them. But we'll we'll see how long Russ lasts because I just think Sean Payton's too good of a coach to sit there if it gets to zero like and four. I just think he's the type of guy that's like, I can't just live at 0-4. I need to win some games. He's one of the most competitive guys we've seen in the NFL. So watch this space. Yeah, encouraging signs of the Broncos in some aspects, but they're still, they're still not where they expected to be when they made that trade for Russell Wilson, for sure. Um, on to the next game with two teams that have entirely new quarterbacks this year, the the, Pan- the, pa- the Packers and the Falcons. Uh, this was another game that came right down to the wire because the, um, the Packers' defence was straight at the Atlanta offence in the red zone. But the lack of offensive firepower, really, without Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, and obviously David Bakhtiari too, uh, with what cost what cost them the game in the fourth quarter. Um, really, I, I, like this this one was odd. This one was odd because it was like I I think both teams are going to be playoff teams. I, I that's from what I see because I think I'm really impressed with what I've seen from both teams um, over the past couple of weeks. Did this in this game, uh, Desmond Ritter did a lot more against Carolina last week. He had, I think, he had double the pass attempts, maybe even triple the pass attempts. Obviously, more, more yards as well. Um, they they moved back when uh, the Packers took a lead. They actually switched back to the run game, and so I don't really know why they 
did that in the first place, really. But um, no, no, I mean the Packers' defense was great. I think they were two of five in the red zone. Is this game was real back and forth the whole the, the whole game and and uh, and yeah yeah it was uh, a Bijan Robinson led comeback that 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 the Packers couldn't stop in the end, but they were holding the Falcons dominated a lot of the uh, the you know the possession in this game. They were the better team offensively, but the the Packers' defense really impressed me yesterday. Yeah, a little bit. I'm a bit worried about. They did very Joe Barry stuff down the stretch. Yeah, where, it, but that, that's true. That's true. Where they, I understand this. It. It's, it's, I wouldn't even say it's Fanjo esque. Sometimes they don't play two safeties, but they just can't stop the run. Like it doesn't. It feels like in whatever scenario, whether they're winning, whether they're losing, whether they're against a good rush team, bad rush team, they find a way at some point in the game to stop stopping the run. Um, but I would agree with you. In the first half, they were just rushing Jordan Love all over the place and they were getting constant pressure. So I agree the first half and their pass defense was good, but the second half, they just got caned on the run. I think it was something like 132 rush yards in the second half. Um, Desmond Ritter even got 39 yards, something that he didn't quite do the week before. Um, but yeah, it was a very Arthur Smith, Falcons type <laughs> display, dominate in the trenches, dominate in the run game. Uh, like you mentioned there, from an offensive perspective, I feel like David Bactiari was quite missed in the second half. They just didn't have enough uh, on the offensive line to drop back and pass it as much as they wanted to. Because um, to be fair to the Flurry, did drop back and, and try and give Jordan Love a chance to to go win the game. But um, yeah, dominant performance on the ground. I think Ritter was lucky to not throw two or three picks. I don't know what you think. I know they did actually mm. let him pass the ball more, but he had one pick and he had at least two more where I was like, oh, not good. Yeah, the Jair like, Alexander one that he just dropped. dropped like that, yeah, yeah. yeah that, uh, I mean, AJ I mean, Terrell, the same thing against Jordan Love as well. There's one that um, Terrell should have picked off as well, going back the other way. But it was it was just like yeah, but that that I, really wasn't great. But he, a lot of the time, I think what they want him to do is they just want that's like the throw to Carl Pitts last week, the one because um, he had like I think about had about thirty yards in the air until that point, and they had like a forty yard bomb to Carl Pitts down the down as long as he can make that throw, then that's what they're asking him to do with this this offense. It's very check down. It's, it's very like you know four yard gain, four yard gain when he when he is allowed to pass. And obviously they're relying on. A lot on the ground game, especially Peter Robinson, who had an amazing day, like like we said. Um, but yeah, again, it, when I watch him, he just reminds me of Ryan Tannehill, which is this is the point. I just like I feel like I'm watching Tannehill with the Titans, you know, <laughs> you know, with Arthur Smith, you know, two three years ago. That's exactly what I feel like I'm watching. Yeah, you know? yeah. I wish they'd let him throw the ball as deep as they did with Ryan Tannehill, because at yeah, least true, Tannehill true. gets those four throws a game where he just winds it up, and you're like, okay, he's gonna chuck this 55 yards in the air, but. He yeah, can't the, feel the pressure offense. either. Tannehill can't feel pressure, and the same thing with Ritter. It's like last week, I think he was pressured five times and sat four times out of it. Yeah, like it, yeah like I just it's can't feel pressure. Yeah, can't feel pressure, and they're strong, so they they don't care body type if they get sacked. Do you know what I mean? Like as mm. much as others, they're willing to stand in. So having those two habits combined is not great. Like the ability no. to like take a hit and be like, right, I can take these these hits. But then also not being able to feel pressure coming from your blind side is two things that just do lead to a lot of hits. And yeah, I agree. It is very similar. It's the it's the same offense. Um, I just wish they would. Now they've gone with Ritter and they're saying, right, he's our guy. I just wish they would let him kind of pass down the field a bit more, especially in the intermediate era. But maybe as they go week on week, that'll change. You know, they're two and oh now. Um, if they win again next week, every week, maybe that just builds. Um, but I'm just worried it's going to stay like this and it'll get to a point where. Okay, you've hit your ceiling now. Like, if you don't let him pass, he won't develop. And <laughs> how? And if you win all these games, how are you going to get a better quarterback? But 
Um, this was a good performance from them as a team. I thought their defense looked better than it did mm. uh, in week one as well. They got a lot of pressure on Jordan Love. Like I said, you said they dropped a, a pick, but they also had a screen pass in the first half that kind of flew up in the middle of the air. That happened twice and no one came down with it. But even then I was like, okay, potential turnover. They had a fourth down stop. Um, so yeah, I think the defense looks better than I thought. Offensive line looks really good. Bijan looks great. Algier looks great. Ridder looks fine on the ground, but they do need to pass the ball a little bit better. Uh, they've got Drake L- London involved now. Now they need to get Carl Pitts involved or else it could be time to uh, to trade him and, and get some mm. picks back. But I really like Matt Collins too. I'm a big fan of Matt Collins. I yeah. loved him in Miami. I like him in Vegas as well. He's great in special teams as well because he's a gunner too. Um, but with yeah, with him, there was that thing. There was a, the heels in the back of the end zone that they could have, they they could have had a, yeah. a bigger lead in this game because the Falcons they dominated like they had or they had uh, 10, 15 minutes more time of possession. They had two hundred and fifty more yards than the Packers as well. But the fact like I said, the Packers defense kept them in this game in the red zone, um, where where they were forcing Ridder to make a pass and he couldn't make that pass. And a lot sometimes he'd scramble like he he got the Russian TD. But um, yeah, I I think. What take away from this game is I think both teams I think are, I'm confident about I, I the Packers about Aaron Jones concerned me as well because AJ Dillon on his own couldn't do it. Agree that that that's one thing that Ollie said yesterday and I watched it and I was like yeah true because um, I thought that obviously because it's this you know Shanahan McVay Lafleur offense whatever right obviously they a lot of the time they try and run the ball you know successfully and they they couldn't do that without Aaron Jones. Um, but I just wanted to finish this. What should take on Jordan Love? Because from the first two games, because I'm not wowed. I'm just, I just, think, <laughs> I just, so I just sort of see it and I think, oh, it's a West Coast offense QB. You can do make most of the throws, but can't. He, he you know, he missed. He, I mean, he missed a couple in this game. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so I liked him in college. Thought the draft pick was atrocious because I wanted him to go somewhere he would actually play because he needs to play. He didn't play that much. He got injured in mm. high school. Didn't play that much. Didn't play that much throughout college he wasn't like a four-year starter um I thought last week he looked better than I thought and I was thinking okay wow this this could look even better because he was reading the defense well played really well on third down where it was kind of less scheme throws more like okay right I've got to hit a man in a tight window which he did but he didn't do that against the Falcons that was very much Jordan Love of last year where every time it was third down it was just like Mm. had no idea what was going on picking the wrong player to pass to, not checking his mic to work out who's going to rush from the linebacker position. So I like him in general. I like QBs that are big, strong, can throw the ball down the field, which I think he can do. Um, I think he can move as well. I'd like to see them roll him out a little bit more. I think they're making him stand in the pocket more than I'd like. But I'd agree with you that I'm not wowed, but I think he looked better than the guy he played against, even though his stats oh, are sure. worse. And so, you, said about, you said about moving as well. Hit the the Packers' best drive of this game was when they hit like three or four play, uh, play auction passes on the same drive, and then that yeah. I think it was just out just out of the first half. Oh, sorry, the second yeah, first drive of the second half, they um three and out, they got the ball back, and then it was like two or three play action passes on the same drive, and then it led to a touchdown, and um that was the best drive the Packers had all all, all game when they they got him to move about a bit more. Yeah, and they scored another uh, touchdown where the first throw was him running to his right throw into Wicks, I think. And then the second play, he decided to scramble and ran for like, I don't know how what it was, 20, 30 yards. Uh, got hit on the head as well as he fell and <laughs> started squaring up to a Falcons lineman, which I liked. Uh, and then it just seemed like second half, they that, that was they just weren't calling those plays. It was kind of after the first drive, like you said, the next three drives that were nearly basically all three and out. Um, just stand in the pocket, make a play. AJ Dillon, two runs up the middle for max three or four yards every time. And it, 
yeah, I think Lafleur called a great game week one. Didn't call a great game week two. Um, and we'll see if if, if Jordan Love develops. He's only, he's only started like four NFL games. Um, mm. But I think after week one, people, maybe Packers fans especially, were a little bit a little bit too high. Uh, especially uh, our resident full ten yards Packers fan in the oh, uh, in yeah. the bar, screaming at me saying Jordan Love is him. And I was like, I actually like Jordan Love, but you're getting a bit ahead of your skis right now. So I did find that funny. But uh, he was yeah, very they got quiet a big yesterday. Game. Very quiet, Very so. Yeah, I don't know who they've got next week, but it's a big game because I'd like to see how he bounces back from a poor second mm. half. Um, because if he comes out, starts the game well, that's another tick box for me. It was like, okay, mentally, he's got this rather than just one good week. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, he didn't wow me, but I, I'd say he's better than a few QBs across the league that we'll talk about today. Yeah, and as you said as well, uh, props off to the uh, the, the Falcons defense, who so spent a lot of money on it on the offseason and they. They did. They mm-hmm. did look really good, um, towards the end of it, especially on to the, the final game. We're gonna go into in real detail before before we whittle through the rest of the games. Um, this one was an epic uh, an epic coaching matchup that was won by Mike McDaniel uh, to put Tua Tagovailoa five and zero in his career versus the Pats and Bill Belichick, uh, which is an amazing stat. Is one of only three people, three QBs to be undefeated against Belichick in in that span as well. Um, he, I think Belichick showed the league the, the game plan of how to stop. I just slowed down the you know the chunk plays that Miami like to create. He had three safeties. Uh, he sort of left left Miami to beat them by short passes and running and their run game as well. And they, they he actually kind of forced Miami to run that up the middle as well, which I thought was interesting because that's not what they do normally. They're very heavily outside zone. Um, they got off to a great start. This one was a, an outside play, a, a big Salvan Ahmed run to the left, which set him up with first and goal to six. But then he can play tough, tough in the red zone, which he did all night. Uh, the two lost his footing on third down actually, which I was like, oh no, what's going what's going on here from the very start? Uh, forced him <laughs> to a field goal. And then the next drive, uh, they actually looked to have a, a big, uh, a big completion to Demario Douglas deep in you know Dolphins territory. But but Bradley Chubb, who was who was dropping coverage on the snap as well, actually, um, this is a big game for Bradley Chubb. Actually, one his best game with the Dolphins by far. Um, he came from behind to strip uh, the ball from the receiver, and, and Miami got the ball back. So that's one or two big plays they made in this game. Um, and it was a tight, but it was just back and forth. It was a tight game until midway through the second, some punts here and there, and then uh, and then Tua hit Waddle on a on a screen uh, so on second and nineteen for 26, 28 yard game. Three. That went into the red zone, and then Raheem Mostert was running through the middle for an eight-yard TD on second and three to make it ten to nothing. Uh, Chad Ryland made his first ever NFL uh, field goal attempt for forty-nine yarder as well. The rookie to put him on the board at ten three uh, before half time, where two are. Just before halftime, hit another terrific throw, his best throw by far of the game. Uh, but he was he was okay yesterday. I thought he wasn't bad or anything. Um, but yeah, hit another terrific throw uh, to on two. Uh, Braxton Berrios on the right hand side. He's got pressure on his left. He sort of moves over to the right, and Berrios is there at the two yard line, setting up um, a touchdown drive where he fed it to Tyreek at the two yard line to make it seventeen to three. Um, the Dolph- yeah, What do you think of the Dolphins in the first half? Obviously, the first half game plan was great, and then the sort of Belichick learned in the second half, didn't he? And it created a real intense game towards the end. Yeah, but I thought. If I was a Dolphins fan, uh, which obviously I'm not, um, I f- would be much more happy about the run game. Uh, I felt like the offensive line blocked up a lot better uh, from a run mm. game perspective. I felt like Mike McDaniel called better plays um, from a run game. He was kind of matching the run plays up rather than just randomly chucking in a outside zone after they've done like three or four deep passes down the field and like the offensive line's absolutely knackered from from blocking and then he just chucks an outside zone and it goes for minus one yards. I felt like this week he really paired the pass game and the run game well. Um, the defense I thought for the Dolphins was pretty good, but it's hard to measure because I honestly hate watching this Patriots offense. Like the stat, hmm. 
how well mm. they've done statistically for the first two weeks surprises me when you watch it because the play calling is obviously it's better, but it's so basic and you just set the thing. Well, it's right. just sideline throws to, you know, that's why it's like, it's just Devontae Parker jump balls and, you know, try and find Kendrick Bourne somewhere because he's the only receiver who can get open. And, yeah. you know, if, if you know, and it's Hunter Henry as well. He's, you know, that's, that's Matt Jones's other favorite target. But yeah, yeah. for me, I, I think the New England offense is, yeah, I, I, I've been impressed by Mac, but I'm, the yeah, play court is not great, I don't think. No, I don't love Mac either, but I agree with you that he's actually played better than I probably thought. Um, so, yeah, overall, it's hard to judge the Dolphins on this game because I think the Patriots' offense did look so simple at times. It felt like the Dolphins didn't quite need to put their foot on, the, on their throat and kind of go for it. Um, but I agree with you that I think Belichick did well, kind of stopping Tyreek as much as he could. Felt like it did open up Waddle a little bit. Like you said, that big play where he got like 30 yards or 20 yards, wherever it was, uh, and he missed that tackle. Um, just showed for me, it was like, okay, they're focusing so much on Tyreek Hill here that you mm. can see that Jalen Waddle's getting getting more open. Um, but yeah, like I said, the run game better. Uh, pass rush was pretty good for the Dolphins, I felt like, without Jalen Phillips, because he was a big miss. Um, and overall, yeah, just one of those good performances where good teams have to go against other good teams and just win by a score sometimes. You're not going to blow everyone out. You're not going to have crazy offensive days, but you need to go in and win those games. And I felt like the uh, the Dolphins did very well. Very well at that. Um, and like you said, two wasn't great, but he had three, like for me, three really good passes. Um, and I think sometimes last year he might have those three passes, but then he might have four awful mm. passes. Whereas I felt there was only one throw that it wasn't even intercepted. The inception was actually a crazy good play by Christian Gonzalez. Yes, there's only one yes. play in the middle of the field which didn't get picked off. That I thought, mm, you shouldn't be throwing that there. But aside from that, I think it was just a good, clever, good, clever play. And nice to see most of it look better because I didn't think he looked great in week one. Was that the one that Carl Duggan like picked, um, like tipped over? Was tipped that over the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I noticed that as well. Um, yeah, it was, it, I think. Yeah, so midway through the third quarter, the the momentum sort of began to turn towards New England as the, the Belichick's game plan started to work more and more, and um, Miami abandoned the run game, which McDaniel tends to do a lot when it doesn't work first go. He just which which is a shame because he obviously that is what works a lot of the time for Miami, like um, for Miami. But yeah, he did that, and then. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, that, that pass by, by Carl Duggar, if, if that was made across the middle to Ezra Karma, the Dolphins would have run away, run away this game, but it wasn't. He led to fourth down. Uh, then, then Jason Sanders' 49-yard field goal was blocked by one of the best, I think that might be the best Great field goal I've ever seen. Yeah, the schooler coming, comes in motion. He, he doesn't it with Daniel, he comes in motion. And then, and then you know, moves over just before, it's just after, obviously, the uh, the ball was snapped and Sanders has no, no idea what's going on. And, uh, obviously, yeah, it's blocked and and uh, New England recover it. They start driving, but they do turn the ball over. Xavier Howard came down with an interception. Um, Terrible seen, throw down. Yeah, we've seen that's the thing. We've seen X do that so many times before because obviously he's not the best in coverage, but a lot of times like he's he's tested like that, and he'll be just in front of a receiver of a receiver, and he'll come away with the ball. That's a lot, of, especially deep, deep downfield by the goal line as well. And he had one. Um, yeah, one against Josh Allen in the playoffs last last year. Um, it's the same situation. Um, but yeah, Xavier Howard loves loves an interception like that. Um, but yeah, that was a poor throw from Matt Jones, as, as you said, and it's for Devontae Parker who again can't get separation for his for his life. Um, <laughs> so so and X knows that. I haven't played against him in practice for like four or five years. So I think I, I, I will know. say though, I find it impressive how Devontae Parker catches screens or quick outs and makes people miss for a man who has no speed whatsoever. Yeah. So fair, but... He's it, carved a career out of not being very like he's not 
he's got worse. He's gotten older, but like for him, I thought he actually looked okay for like for him. And obviously Juju caught a couple of passes as well. But I'm just sat there thinking like, come on Juju, you got an extra like two million to go to the Pats for this when you could have just been sat chilling with Patrick Mahomes getting third down passes in zone coverage rather than to get assaulted. I don't know if you feel like this watching it from a Dolphins perspective, but every pass that Pats completed, I felt like someone was getting absolutely nailed because the only place you could put it was right on someone. It was just like okay, mm-hmm. right. Mo- like whoever it was it could be anyone apart from Hunter Henry it felt like and they were catching the ball and just getting absolutely nailed by a Dolphins defender just because there's no separation across that whole team for the Patriots at all yeah I mean especially in the run game as well the defense stepped up brilliantly compared to what it was last week like you had, like, uh, Raekwon Davis had a really good game I thought actually because um, normally he gets a bit lost and it's why um, well in well, in, in the nickel package anyway, you have Wilkins and Cedar. Um, yeah, but the, so we'll get to uh, the end of the game quickly now. There was the uh, the Patriots got back into the game. They led uh, Hunter Henry, uh, Mac, awesome drive actually, leading them downfield, and ended up with um, Hunter Henry touchdown after that block. Then um, the Dolphins scored on the this uh, way. Then on the next play um, was the two interception. Great uh, go up and get it against Tyreek from Christian Gonzalez. Um, they score with Ramondre Stevenson, um, and then there's that that, that uh, eight you know was like massive long touchdown run from Mostert up the, up the middle, like you said. He had a great day mm-hmm. yesterday, um, over a hundred yards, and he he's I, he's by far the running back one for the Dolphins now. Um, we saw a bit of Devin Archen yesterday, but he he's not he's not been impressed in training camp. Savon Almez carved himself a really big role actually, and um, be interesting to see how that changes when Jeff Wilson comes back off IR. But for now, Mostert has really taken the Dolphins backfield on his own. Um, and then yeah, the the, th- the thing at the end of the game, um, Mike Gesicki gets the ball twice. Uh, New England needing just needing a, uh, a score to get back into the game after another missed field goal from Jason Sanders. Uh, this would have tied it to go to overtime, or if they went for two, they would have won the game. Uh, yeah, it was third and eighteen after a big. Bradley Chubb set up second and 18. Um, again, that, that was a clutch play from him because he's, he's been poor in his time in Miami. Um, and then, yeah, guess he, guess he gets the 14-yard reception. Uh, it's fourth and four. He gets a two-yard reception. He notices Cole Strange to the right of him. He pitches the ball to Cole Strange. Cole Strange is this close. That's down marker. Um, but he it was, it was overturned. They ruled it as a first down. It was overturned. And, uh, and yeah, it was short. And the Dolphins won just by the skin of their teeth there. But it was, I think... Despite the defeat, I'm encouraged by how the Patriots played, but there are some worries. Um, but the, I think the Dolphins, with the way they played yesterday, they'll be they'll be very thankful they won. But but um, before our old Dolphins teams don't win that game, um, and I, I'm not sure. Even though two is five and OV Belichick, that was the best the Patriots have played Miami in a long time. Um, so that, that's that's an encouraging uh, sign. I don't know if you've any other final thoughts from this game. Well, my one of my only final thoughts is the line judge. They they can't overrule that first down. If there's a lateral to an yeah. offensive lineman for a first down, just give the first down. Like <laughs> you've got to give the first down there because you could hardly tell. It was so funny. They were like, "Oh yeah, you mm. need like clear and obvious proof." And I'm looking at it like, "That's not clear and obvious." And I was like, "It's a lateral to an offensive lineman. We need to keep this game going." But uh, they decided to call it call it short. But um, yeah, my only final thoughts were um, just worried about Max Health if that offensive line is gonna block like that against the blitz because that was a blitz play that Chubb got mm. open on um I don't know who blitzed but it wasn't him obviously but someone else blitzed and uh it might be Van Ginkel he, he had a really good game in in replacement of um of Jerry Phillips because that's the thing as well Van Ginkel Van Ginkel Van Ginkel was one of Van Joe's favorite players he's he played he played him at middle linebacker last week he replaced David Long um 
he played him a lot in middle linebacker, especially in the nickel package again. Um, but no, with Phillips, David Long played more, and David Long had a sack as well today uh, yesterday. Um, but no, yeah, uh, Van Ginkle played on the edge a lot yesterday and, and got a sack and had a, another place. So it might have been him. But yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, go on. Yeah, I just think they just yeah a quarterback like Mac, he just can't move. He just roll out a little bit, and it's a bit like oh, in a, in a fifteen. It? The Patriots' longest offensive play was a fifteen-yard Mac Jones scramble. Which I think yeah. says something. That that says that yeah, says something. There's no big plays whatsoever in this offense. No, and he had like twelve yard one that was called back as well. But um, yeah, I just think that was my kind of big take. Where I was like, for the rest of the season, zero and two is a bit of a death nail for most teams. But you'll get a couple that still maybe finish with a winning record for sure. And I'm thinking, okay, can the Patriots easy schedule in the middle of the season? Can they do anything? I'm, I was watching this being like, unless this offensive line can help them a bit more with these receivers, you need time to throw because they're not going to get open quick. Um, but yeah, I thought a good win. Miami's defense played so much better. And you know, last week, the offense has that crazy high ceiling. So if they get both those two together, they'll be hard to beat. Um, but yeah, I'd be worried if I was a Patriots fan about how bad the uh, the offense could be throughout the season. There we are. On to uh, the first of many uh, close games that we'll, we'll mm-hmm. whistle through now. This one went to overtime. It's the Chargers losing to the Tennessee Titans 24-27 in overtime. And it's another game where Brandon Staley was outcoached and the Chargers sucked situationally, wasn't it, Liam? Yeah, yeah, it was. To be fair, Vrabel is one of my favourite coaches in the mm. NFL. So uh, on our preview podcast, I said that they could win this game on coaching alone like he is a good coach he is a better defensive coach no matter what people think about Brand Staley than Brand Staley is that is how good Vrabel is uh, on both sides of the ball but yeah you're right they're out coached um, the defense it was again for the Chargers uh, I think I wrote down there they're like second worst in defensive success rate they're the first team in NFL history to score 50 plus points have zero turnovers and lose both their first two games uh, they've got the worst third down success rate in the NFL in the last four years um wow. and this is from a defense this is from a head coach that is a defensive coach um yeah and also he does he doesn't want to give a big play but all we see is him give up big plays yeah that's the whole point yeah he wants to kind of make you dink and dunk okay great they've they, they've had a holding call or they've had a fumble and now we get the ball back but mm. yeah you're right every time you watch it it's like second and six all of a sudden it's first down and ten every single time it feels like yeah. against the defense yeah. Um, and this is against Ryan Tannehill, by the way, who was bad last week against the Saints. He finished really bad. 20, 20 for 24, 256 yards and a touchdown. He ran one in, which was kind of old school Tannehill, which was quite cool to see. And he had two 40-yard-plus passes, one to uh, I think Chris Moore and the other one to um, Traylon Burks. Yeah. And I just watched thinking, like, yeah, even with doing James in there, I'm just like, my God, like, great player. But, like, I don't know if it was him or the defense, but he had two hole shots over the middle of his head converted for 20-yard gains. And I'm like... Yeah, this isn't the defense that this was supposed to that was built to be. Obviously, Herbert will take a lot of stick, have the chance to win the ball again in overtime. Yeah, like from me especially, week. that's that's my thing. Yeah, that's your thing. I obviously don't mm-hmm. just um, but yeah, I, I picked Tennessee to win the division. And I thought this was the sort of team we'd get. I think they were terrible against the Saints last week. I think this is much more that the Titans will see. Uh, and, and it goes to show you that if you just defend the run against Staley and you coach well and your offense is good enough, you'll have a chance to win every game, no matter how good Herbert is, because they're just not good enough from a defensive, or like you said, from a coaching perspective. Um, they didn't do any fourth down issues yesterday, but there were some times where it was like second and one, and they passed like three times in a row. And I'm like, oh, sometimes just give Herbert a rest, let them have a one yard run just so he doesn't have to throw it four times in a row or constantly over and over again. So yeah, bad loss for the for, for, for the Chargers. They're 0-2. 
probably don't ever talk about it as the podcast goes, but one of these own two teams is going to have to pull something out of the bag or else the AFC playoffs mm-hmm. are going to look a lot more different than we think. But for me, this was Staley and the defense that lost the game. Uh, and the Titans defense was really good. Like that front, that's the reason why they're a good team on defense. And uh, I thought they bossed the uh, Chargers offensive line all game. Yeah, we saw, we saw it in New Orleans as well last week. It kept them in the game even when Tannehill was rubbish. Was he yeah, he was bad. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think with, with the Chargers as well, I think I'm, I'm a little bit underwhelmed by the offense from Calamore as well. It's, it just looks a bit the same. Like it's Obviously, they didn't have Ackley yesterday. They had Ackley, um they ran the ball a lot, which we saw obviously in Dallas as well um, against Miami. But yeah, I just I, it just looks a bit, all, all a bit the same. So um, I can I don't know what's going to happen in in LA, I think I I can see Staley being five mid season to be honest with you, the way the way it's going now because it, it's still contrary they're still exactly in the same spot they were last year. It feels like they're over in two and there's the two games that you feel you feel like you could have won as well. They're a bit they're in both of them, you know like that's that's two one score games you've lost that you you've done you've yeah I just I just don't I I, I don't see this being a very good season for the Chargers until unless something changes over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a really good head coach, but we're all wrong. We're all we're all wrong, aren't we, about certain things? I'm definitely definitely wrong about that. I just don't think he's. Fortunately, I just don't think he's a good head coach. Um, said first year I need more of my players. Second year got all of his players. Said third year, okay, we weren't quite good enough, but now we have continuity. The scheme will be good. I know it's only two games, but we can't react to any more than two games because we've only seen only seen the two games. And he was, uh, yeah, he, I just think he was uh, he was thoroughly outcoached. Uh, I think he's second favorite as well in America now for uh, the odds for. First coach fired um, behind uh, Matt Eberflus. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, his Bears team have been terrible too. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yeah he, could, he could easily be fired, um, especially when you spend that much money and you've got a good team. I will just say uh, my last point on this go watch the uh, just for anyone listening, go watch Justin Herbert's first touchdown throw, followed by the two point conversion. Because it was a was that the one sick... where he was on the back foot? He was on the back foot against Keenan Allen. Yeah, that was that was so good, man. Yeah, um, and he got smashed in the face as, mm. we, as he threw it. And then all of a sudden they go for two, which loads of people are going to hate, but I loved it. Uh, and then they throw a pass to the right tackle. Uh, and I was like, okay, sweet. I thought they were going to win the game then. They're up 11. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, disaster hit. And uh, Big Tannehill and Derek Henry come through and win the game. On to another getaway to overtime. This one um, was yet another shootout between Seattle and Detroit. It was ended by a Tyler Lockett walk-off overtime TD. Um, and Seattle looked a lot better defensively than they, uh, sorry, offensively than they did last week for sure. Uh, the Chiefs carried, sorry, the Lions carried off, carried on from where they were against the Chiefs as well. They're both teams that are great offensively, defensively, we'll say, you know, less less so. But this just feels like a typical Seahawks Lions game from last year. Like last year, with exactly the same thing. But um, this is what we expected both teams to look like this year. Maybe Seattle, you know, not allowing thirty-one points, but. Yeah, uh, get right game for Seattle. Uh, Gino looked great as well. Actually, I thought Gino looked really good last night. Um, I just, what, what are your thoughts on this game? Because it was back and forth, back and forth. Um, yeah, Goff's pick off through a couple of picks in there, and um, Tyler Lockett's Tyler Lockett. He's always been like that. Made two yeah. big plays down the stretch. Yeah, it's game winning TD as well, and a cool celebration mm. after the game. Uh, yeah, this was just a fun game, very similar to last year's game when these two teams played. Um, I was surprised that Seahawks defense did look this bad. Um, well, two weeks in a row, to be honest. Yeah, I know, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I spoke about it on our podcast. Um, and talk about him later, but how amazing Stafford played. But um, this week it's a different team, different quarterback, different system, and the results are very much the same. So I am a bit worried about maybe 
that Seahawks defense that a lot of us were high on before the season is proved to be, be pretty poor. But yeah, really fun game. Um, I thought Goff looks pretty good. Hasn't thrown a pick in a long, long time. Throws the pick yeah. and then I would play mm. after that. Did not look as good yeah, as he his, did. His believe. streak ended, and it, yeah, it was like what was it fourth longest all time or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember how snaps it was. Now it was at least three hundred and fifty snaps. Um, yeah, he looked really skittish after that. Obviously, Montgomery goes out. The run game mm. really didn't look great. Um, but they throw it, get back into the game. Uh, <coughs> uh, the funniest play of the day for me, or one of the funniest, was the one where obviously Pete Carroll said, "Do not let the clock stop." Oh, so Gino scrambles right. It's third down. He's about to get hit, and he's like, "Okay, I've been told I can't let the clock stop, so I have to just take an absolute beasting of a sack." And he got sacked. Uh, obviously, Lions come down, score the, I think it was a field goal, uh, and then Seahawks come out and uh, come out and, w- and win the game. But yeah, really fun game. I don't know what it tells us about the two teams because I think Seattle's defense was worse than we thought. Lions' defense was back to its old tricks after a good mm. Week One performance. Lions' offense was better than Week One. Seattle's offense is better than Week One. So I almost feel like these two teams are such a similar level. They can be fighting it out for uh, a playoff spot towards the end of the year. Um, but yeah, well, fun game. Last year. The Lions yeah, want to were... put the Seahawks in the playoffs. So yeah, I, we just need week three for me, I think, and week <laughs> four to see which one of the how, what these two teams are because it's fun to watch. But um, yeah, it was a little bit all over the place. Uh, shout out to Lions fans though, because I don't know if you listened or if you watch your well, headphones in or whatever, but uh, the atmosphere was nuts in Detroit. Mm. It was one of the loudest I've heard on uh, coming through the TV. But yeah, fun game. We'll see what these two teams are because they both want to get in the playoffs. They're win now teams, aren't they? Yes, for sure. Um, not not entirely sure of their what they do the quarterback, um, but they have rest of the roster for sure is uh, is win now. On to a team that. Well, I don't know what to think about the Giants at the minute. Honestly, honestly, and this is this is my this is my point. Like, if you if you had told me seven days ago that the Giants would be twenty down to the to the Cardinals at half time, having been having lost forty to nothing, right, not scoring a point in six quarters of football, I'm, yeah, in the first game to the Cowboys, I would have thought you would. I, I put I thought the Giants would regress this year. I just they're not as talented as the rest of the NFC. And they have a very hard schedule this year, um. Yeah, but yeah, the I mean, yes, the and also the Cardinals have very much impressed me. But this game was just a mess, and the Giants obviously got got the uh, got the win at the end, scored some seventeen points in the fourth quarter to to win thirty one twenty eight. Big plays from Daniel Jones, Jalen Hyatt, Darren Waller, Saquon Barkley, and Isaiah Hodgins. Obviously, the overarching thing about this game is Saquon Barkley's injury. He he got taken out of a, what looks like an ankle sprain, um, with about a minute yeah. left to go in, in the game. Um, obviously that's that's the main talking point I say out of this game. But God, I don't know what to think about the Giants and the Cardinals. Man, they play hard. And Josh Dobbs had a game yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, Josh Dobbs played well. Had that big run. They come out mm. before it was big run. Offensive Too line going crazy. Like... Yeah, offensive line was going crazy with him, mm. and it was cool. James Conner ran the ball pretty well in the first half. Second half, Giants decided to barely rush the passer and just say, "Look, stop the run." <laughs> He's not a good enough quarterback to drop back and throw it, which I thought was was good from uh, from from Wink. But in terms of Giants, yeah, I wrote down in my notes like sixty and zero start. 60 to zero start as I was writing, watching the game and uh, just sat there laughing. And I was, we, so you told me before which game we were kind of both taking more notes on. And this was one of my games. And uh, I was prepared to come in here and just slate Daniel Jones for the whole time. Can't quite do it yet. Maybe on my next appearance because he did actually play well in the third quarter. Uh, he ran the ball well. I think he had like seven completions in a row. A lot of them were on boot actions. A lot of them were against man coverage. So he played quite well. 
But the six quarters before that, I know the Cowboys were a good defense, but yeah, he was awful. And <laughs> I still think the contract was terrible. Is it as bad as maybe it could look in a few weeks? We'll see. But um, yeah, I, I don't know really what to make of the Giants. Um, the defense does not. I, we all thought they'd take a step back because the offense is kind of built on a house of cards, it felt like. But everyone thought the defense would take a step forward. They got good front, drafted obviously in the secondary. They got good, better linebacker players. I wouldn't say good, but better. Good safeties. It's just typical wink, like one good year on defense. And this year, it's been an absolute disaster because they could not stop the run, loving the money in the first half yesterday. Um, so, yeah, their fans would be glad to win because you can't go 0 2 if Cardinals are on your schedule. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm similar to you. I, I thought they were going to take a, a, some regression. Maybe that's even worse than I thought. It could be even less wins than I originally picked them for because um, I just don't think they look like a good team. Uh, and the offense and defense looks worse than I think most of us thought. On to a game that you had, um, you well, I'm sure you had your eyes on yesterday. It's the Chiefs and the Jags. <laughs> As another slow start, wasn't it? A few turnovers for the Chiefs, but they finally got there. Uh, and their defense played very well yesterday. I have to say it to get the first win of the year. Yeah, I don't. I do not want Patrick Mahomes' team to be a defense first team. <laughs> this is a situation that I'm not prepared for. But yeah, defense wins the game. Um, Chris Jones came back first game since the holdout. I know me and you spoke about this on the on the preview pod about how important he'd be and maybe would he sit eight weeks or nine weeks or whatever it would be. But yeah, he was crazy good yesterday. He had 36% pass rush win rate, which is the highest for any position, including Mike Parsons that everyone thinks wow. is like. Mm. Uh, Chris Jones only played one game, but yeah, even higher than, than Mike Parsons, which is absolutely crazy. And the defense is top three in success rate and has combined... So the Jags, obviously, week two, Lions week one, they're favourites for, for their divisions, but quite quite a margin. They've had 23 combined points on offence against the Chiefs, mm. if you take away the pick six that obviously was on on Kadarius Tony. Um, and I just thought the defence was was great. It's still one of the youngest units in the league, second youngest defence in the entire NFL. Um, but they needed to play well because the offence was awful. Uh, <coughs> I counted they had, they had nine second and 20s in the game. Wow. Which was from turnovers, it was from flags, it was from fumbles, which they recovered themselves, it was from two minus four runs, it was just, yeah, the, the offense was really, really bad. The offense isn't normally like that, so as a, as a neutral or a Chiefs fan that wants this team to be fun, you'll say they'll turn that around because that's just what Andy Reid does, but yeah, um, they need to because it was uh, it was bad. And from a Jags perspective, defense looks pretty good, secondary mm. looks good, better than it did. And last week, it looked good as well in the second half. Um, so I think that's a positive for them. But one thing I've heard on every preview pod all year was Jags' offensive line is not great. And if you watch this game, you, you just can't watch it and think they're a team that are probably two or three offensive linemen short for, to be a good team. Because whether it was Chris Jones, whether it was George Karloftis, whether it was uh, FAU, they were just killing Trevor Lawrence. And uh, I think that's what impacted the offense as much as probably the Chiefs' defense being good. Um, but yeah, what do you think about it from an AFC perspective? Chiefs are obviously a rival yeah. for, for playoffs and whatever. You think the offense will, will will come good? Obviously, it's been number one in the NFL every year Mahomes has played, and now it's like number 20. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like, I, mean, I I always just expect, especially, you know, I mean, when you needed to score yesterday, Mahomes, Kelsey, third down, red zone, touchdown. Like that that, yeah, that happened yesterday. Yeah, that, you know, that, 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 was, that looked like it always does. Um but you know, I mean, you didn't, you didn't really have the drops that you had last time. I mean, you had a few, but I, 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 I just, I swear, I feel like, I feel like you're gonna get there. It just, 
you've put. I mean, yeah, the Jaguars' defense is really good, and that's. I I thought I I said that I re, I said all 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 year I've been saying I I really want to see what the Jaguars' defense is like because like, end of last year they were, they were end of last year they were really good. Um, yeah. And yeah, the offensive offensive line. I think they were out Brandon Scherf and obviously Cam Robinson yesterday as well. So there's two big misses. Um, but Scherf played. Oh, did he play? No, he I thought he was questionable. But yeah, he played. Chris Jones got a sack on him. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, um... Chris Jones, but yeah, he didn't look healthy. Um, no, um... Obviously, yeah, left tackle was out. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think the offense for Chiefs should should get better. You'll get like there eventually. Said, we had this you had it last year, didn't you? you? Had it last year. You, you went. You hit groove mid season. It wasn't. All rosy, like it was a very start of the year. Like obviously, he had a game week one, but it wasn't. You know, it took yeah. time last year, and it might take more time this year. But I think, I think you're gonna um, just just need. I mean, you just need, I think. Is, do you think Kelsey's fully healthy, or that might be a thing as well? Like, no, he wasn't fully healthy this week. Yeah. Tell he was like, yeah, I gave it 100, percent but hopefully next week I'll be able to to give a little bit more. Uh, he played quite a few snaps, but. He was like a decoy on a lot just to get out there and, and, and to run around. So, yeah, I think that'll make a difference. Uh, obviously, the offensive line played good, but then just got flags. Some of that was just the lead, just picking on Juwan Taylor. It was crazy because the other team's right tackle was lining up the same place and they were only flagging one. And you're just there like, oh. this is like a Juwan Taylor rule almost because of how much it was focused on uh, last week. But, yeah, I, I hope the offense gets good. They've got the Bears, Jets and Vikings next three games. Obviously, that probably is that Wilson-led Jets, even though they've got a good defense. They're three games that you think, okay, right, that's Bears defense games. you should get points on. Yeah, and Vikings, yeah. So you yeah. think that you'd think that those three games are the games to kind of get you right. And obviously a lot of these are young receivers that just need to to play a lot of snaps. But yeah, if, if we could have a game without ten flags on offense and three turnovers, uh that'd be great. But to beat a playoff team in the Jags when you have three turnovers, twelve <laughs> flags, um and yeah, hardly convert on third down. I the margin of error is pretty big for the Chiefs, but I'd like to see them uh, play better. And uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley as well took a bit, bit of a knock on his knee in the end zone uh, in the second half. So uh, that's one to watch for next week for any fantasy football players because, yeah, he didn't look right after that. So hopefully he's healthy because he's a, a great player. He had a sick catch as well on third down in this game. Yeah. On to someone who's clearly not healthy. It's Joe Burrow and the, the Bengals. Uh, the, 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 the Ravens aren't here. They beat it. Who beat the Bengals on healthy? Even the banged up Ravens took the, took the lead of the AFC North to uh, to bury the Bengals with over two record, not only in the division but also obviously in in the uh, in the league as well. Uh, the Bengals offense carried on a slow start like it was last year. Baltimore looked better this week. I thought Lamar had one of the best games I've seen him have in a while actually. Um, the the yeah, it was it was very. Uh, I mean, the Bengals' own only touchdown in the first half was the Charlie Jones' eighty-one yard return touchdown, um, which which says it all. Really, I think Burrow had thirty-five yards, and he he got uh, better as the game went on. Obviously, he found T Higgins for a couple of touchdowns, and they, had, they started to get flow uh, throughout the game. But um, the get the thing that decided this game actually was uh, was the uh, the Burrow interception to uh, to Geno Stone, who replaced Marcus Williams at, at safety. Um, the, but then complete the very next uh, throw after the the, the pick to, to to Zay Flowers, who is by far the most reliable player other than Mark Andrews, of course, on the offense, and he looks to be a real player. It's just and hopefully he can stay healthy unlike the other receivers. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, fifty two yards. A few plays later, he gave it to uh, to Mark Andrews, who, who drove, dived over the pylon for twenty to ten um, to put out twenty to ten. And uh, yeah, Nelson Aguilar was in there as well for the Ravens. Um, Baltimore got the first downs needed as well to stop a late. Uh, Burrow comeback, but I think 
the Ravens have impressed me this week. Last week I wasn't as impressed because, yeah. uh, but this week they really impressed me. And what what are your thoughts on the Bengals? How they how they how they're moving at the minute, especially offensively. Look, any chance I can get to see the Bengals lose as someone <laughs> who is not a fan of this team. Shout out to Adam who, from the full ten yards will be listening to us. Uh, I'll be happy, but yeah, he's not healthy. It's point one. Um, in terms of Joe Burrow, obviously his calves. So he actually hurt it again in this game, didn't he? So yeah, I saw he that. Didn't look, yeah. He, did, he didn't look good all game. So I've heard, I got a couple of friends that were like, oh, he must have been injured all game. And I was like, okay, well, maybe. But he himself said, I only got hurt on like second to last play of the game. And then he could barely walk off the, not barely walk, but was walking with a big limp off the field. So that obviously is an impact. I think the offensive line looks terrible. <laughs> um <laughs> which I think is a real worry, especially when you've got someone who can't move. Because normally he runs, he's pretty good at that kind of Tom Brady level pocket movement. He, he doesn't, he's not Josh Allen for speed, mm. but he'll step up and make someone miss. And then he's got a wide open throw. But when he can't move, the offensive line has to be <coughs> perfect. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't feel like they were, uh, they, they were very good. Um, and I was listening to a couple of pods. I need to go back and watch the game. Um because obviously it was on the same time as my game. I haven't watched it in full yet, but a lot of people saying the Bengals' defense as well wasn't great. Um, I've watched all the throws from Lamar because I do some QB kind of scouting, writing, and uh, that's one of the best games, at least passing, that he's ever had. So maybe mm. it's just him, but the Bengals' defense definitely hasn't quite kind of taken that next step yet because they're young and there's loads of new players on it. It's a very different team to last year, and that'll take time. But yeah, um, the worry for them is Burrow, isn't it? Because... If they go 0-3, you can clip this for the future, but they just probably won't make the playoffs because the percent chances are so slim when they've got to play the schedule they've got down the stretch and you're in a tough division where you're going to play some tough teams nearly every other week. So if they go 0-3, it's very difficult. And obviously there's talk, will Joe Burrow play next week? So for me, if I was a Bengals fan, I'd say uh, injured. So young kind of defense, new defense, they'll be fine. But you just don't want to be 0-3 because even if you're fine and you win loads of games down the stretch, you still might finish with 10 wins and finish 8th in the AFC. So, um, yeah. What do you think? Do you think they will play him? Obviously, it's a Super Bowl rematch next week against the Rams. Do they go him and just say, we have to win this game? Or do they rest him, think they might win anyway, and then he's, at least he's healthy for the week four onwards? I don't think they win without him, though. Because I agree, their, yeah. their backup QB situation is bad. And also, the Rams have been really good this year. From what from what yeah. I expected them to be, so I I I don't see how that I, I honestly I don't know. I think do they blow it up like just just finish the season, just bench Barry the whole year? But then saying that you know what happens to your receivers because their you know <laughs> contracts you know that's that's yeah. that's the next. They so definitely like, won't. They won't blow it up. Definitely no. <gasps> but it's just it's just it's just obviously not even just you know just maybe bench Barry for the season. I don't I don't know. It's just like it's weird. And if he's unhealthy, um, like I don't. The, it's just like, what do you do? Do you, do you rest him and do they just miss a year? For, just that's the thing. It's like now is I said in the podcast and um, the predictions on this is the year they have to win the Super Bowl because after this it's gonna be, you know this is the best roster they're gonna have, which is mental because again he gets beat up on the regular. But it's, you know now he's been paid. This is the best roster they're gonna have unless he just takes you know pay cut after pay cut after pay cut. You know restructure after restructure. Like they, they can't really get any better than this. So uh, it's it's an interesting. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. Um, yeah, and I think but, um, Zach Taylor got a lot of stick early on in his reign, and then obviously turned things around. Um, and I've got a couple of mates actually from America that are Bengals fans, and saw on their Twitter, and it's getting back to that like, oh mm. Zach Taylor, like, not is he the right guy? Because I think they've realised now that maybe they were wrong about him to start with, and I was wrong because I thought he he would be fired back back in the day. But the offense does 
he's not adapting to an injured QB. Do you know what I mean? He's not changing mm. the way they play. It's a very similar style of play. Um, and I just think they need to kind of look at that for, for next week. But yeah, I agree with you. They probably don't win if he doesn't play. So we spoke about this in the full 10 yards group earlier. And I just think they'll force him to play. And if they win by like a field goal, great. They're two, they're, they're one and two and the season can start. But if they go in three and he plays and it gets worse, then they're going to be in trouble because it's a tough division. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I had the Ravens winning the division, so I feel quite good. Did mm. you? Uh, were you on the Bengals side or were you I had, with me I had the Ravens fall from the division. Who did you have I winning did, it? Bengals? I, no, I had, um, yeah, I had the Bengals winning it. Then I had Pittsburgh, then the Browns. Um, yeah, I, I was really hard on the season. Yeah, no. So um, well, tonight it may look better. We, we don't know, you know. But um, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I I just said that everyone in the Ravens are going to get injured, which they most of them have been injured. We saw Odell got injured. A lot of the defensive players have been injured. Like that's the only thing yeah. that worries me: the the Ravens, the injuries. Um, but Lamar looked great yesterday. Yeah, he for did sure. definitely. On to uh, this game, which again was way more competitive than you th- you, you thought it'd be. Is the the Rams losing twenty three thirty to the Niners? And I mean, look, Debo Samuel looked like his twenty twenty one self. The Niners are so good. The Rams are well coached, which you can take away from this game too. Stafford, yep. he's been asked to throw it fifty times, coming off his shoulder, and, you know, off his injury and everything, which is just mental. But you know, there's a whole thing with Cam Akers and you know being traded potentially. I thought Kyron Williams looked really good yesterday, actually. Yeah, um, but yeah, you watched this game, Liam. We'll just just sort of you know, you know, if you could start, what would you say about this uh, this, this Rams Niners game? Because look, Puka Nakua, by the way, let's have a player. He got 15 catches yesterday, which is a rookie record. Yeah, I know. But he's had a record for two games as well, like yeah. 20 odd receptions in, in two games. Finish this game 15 for 147, which is crazy. Um, I kind of agree with what you said. That my takeaway is probably these are two very well coached teams. Um, I think McVeigh struggled a bit last year mentally, you know, with losing. I think someone who's not lost a lot in his career, but you can tell they've come out fresh this year because um, even Raheem Morris as well on the defensive end. Um, the Niners also got a brand new defensive uh, coordinator, Steve Wilkes. And I just looked at the game being like, these are two very well coached teams that in the NFC, regardless of if they play as well as their opponent or not, <coughs> their coaches get them to win games because mm. th- th- they, they just do things right. The offenses look even better than they did last year. Um, like you said, Devo's in the backfield again, played really well. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, got a knock early in the game. I think that probably affected him and the offense a little bit. And maybe they'd be a bit more explosive if he was there. But um, as someone who's a bit of a Matt Stafford stan, I know they lost this game. So this should be all about the 49ers because they won. They're going to be up there in the NFC. Didn't look as good as last week, but looked really good. Stafford is absolutely balling. He threw two interceptions and people say, our oh, typical Stafford. But he is having to drop back, throw it all the time. He is, regardless of how well he's playing, he is throwing to Puka Nakua. Yeah, he's uh, looking offense... quite good. Like this is probably the best he's. Looked. I'd probably say he's the or last week he looked probably the best he's looked in the Rams in general. Like obviously the Super Bowl year, he he got, he got banged up and everything like in, yeah. in there as well. But yeah, honestly, last week he was really good, and this yeah. week again, you know, again he's been asked to throw it fifty times, but he he looked you know even so like at the start of the game he looked really good, and the Rams are you know they're the lead at one point in this game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he's going against what top three defense, top one, yeah. top two. Everyone's somewhere in that top three or four. Um, yeah, and he played as good as he did. One of the inceptions was his fault. The other one was a little bit unlucky. But um, yeah, they did well. They're one on one. That we'll see what happens next week with Joe Burrow. But they could easily be two and one after a pretty hard schedule, like Seahawks, 49ers, Bengals before the season. You say that's zero and three for the Rams, and if they come out <laughs> of that two and one. It's a great start. Um, but yeah, 49ers just get the win done. I thought Brock didn't look as good 
as he usually does, um, or as they usually make him. He did miss some throws in yeah. this game. Um, yeah, there's one to Debo. He overthrew him by, like, by so much. There's one to Debo that would have been a walking touchdown. Yeah, he hit Kittle as well, like on his feet on a third down. It's like, well, like Kittle's not playing great. Well, not playing great, but he's not getting a lot of looks. And you think, okay, third down look, they've given him one, and you chuck it at his feet, and you're like, <laughs> not not great. But um, the rest of the team got the win. Uh, and I wanted to shout out Fred Warner because I thought, even though Stafford played well, Fred Warner on defense was incredible. Um, he's so he had a good. Sack. Yeah, he had a sack. He had two pass breakups that were just him fake blitzing and then sprinting <laughs> back to the hole play three safety look and him him dropping in as the third um even though he's a linebacker that's how good he can play like third safety on third down uh and he had like nine tackles i think uh in the run game um so yeah he was great this is a really fun game actually uh people should go back and watch this because these these are, these are two good teams uh and i think they could both make the playoffs like the rams Same. need a bit of luck like they need these young receivers to carry this on which is going to be hard but if they get cut back in week five and they somehow win next week, then they're in a good position. Um, but it is weird how Cam Akers is like getting traded every three months and then he's back in the team. So <laughs> if I was them, I would kind of sort that out. Um, but my only worry if I was a Rams fan would be they win a couple of games and say, oh, come on then, let's trade for Jonathan Taylor. Let's go out and yeah. try and win a Super Bowl and they go back to old Rams. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But they've yeah, got this a first-round pick this year. They, they, have, they have the resources yeah. to do it now. So it's... And the year after, which is mm. a uh, is a miracle for them. Um, and yeah, I know we haven't mentioned him as well, but CMC looked great. Um, so good. The question with him is, will he stay healthy? Mm. That'd be the question every week. But just there's just no point talking about it because when he is healthy, he's incredible and he played really well this game. Um, but yeah, good win. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another good win uh, occurred for the Buffalo Bills. They uh, they dominated the the Raiders thirty eight ten and. Josh Allen was a star for sure as the Raiders returned to Vegas empty-handed. Allen was 31-37 for 274 yards and three tees. And my big takeaway from this game is, have Buffalo found a run game? Because if so, they could be very dangerous. Because James Cook, really good yesterday, 123 yards, averaging 7.2 yards per carry. Um, Latavius Murray and Damian Harris had carries as well, both getting touchdowns. If, if Buffalo could have found a run game, then that could be dangerous because that's their one thing they can't control the clock whatsoever. Yeah, Cook looks pretty good. I didn't think he looked great either in week one, so it's a nice bounce back for him. Um, they were running it a bit more with three wide receivers, which I thought was good because they led the league in two tight ends. I think they got a little bit too too kind of like Kincaid. We're going to play like the Chiefs did last year, two tight ends <laughs> all the time, three tight ends. And it didn't quite work. This week they dragged it down a bit and they ran it from three wide receivers. That's a lot. And yeah, like you said, Cook looks really good. looks explosive. He seems better on those outside runs rather than he does yeah. kind of just going through the middle. Um, which I think hopefully they can use that because Latavius Murray is good enough to do the old one or two yard third third and one runs about you having to use Josh Allen. But yeah, run game looked good. Um, could they lend some of that run game to the Raiders though, please? Because the Raiders had <laughs> nine, uh, Josh Jacobs had nine carries for minus, minus two, two yards. Yeah. I didn't even fancy this week. Luckily, he got the receiving that. TD in his 50 receiving yards, but so it wasn't that bad. So I think it's still be like about 11 points or something like that, which, you know, obviously if you've seen nine, nine carries and minus two yards, you're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's Josh Jacobs though he's boom and bust he has one good year mm. one bad year did the same in college last year it wasn't year. great against Denver last week either like, no, it, normally last... he runs over Denver um, but he didn't last week no no he didn't some of that's training camp people will think and probably agree with them a little bit but he's been like this his whole career very boom or bust and uh, yeah he wasn't good but yeah Buffalo Bills played well Josh Allen played well I thought Stefan Diggs looked really really good as well uh, Matt Milano had a sick moss like oh. 
interception yeah. over. I can't remember. I, who I, it was. I was on the helmet, wasn't it? It was great. <laughs> yeah, was that Josh Jacobs actually? I can't remember if that uh, was Josh Jacobs. No, I think it was uh, Zamir White. I, I think I think it was. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it was it was a very high check down from from uh, Garoppolo, and yeah, just went up and got and get, went to go get it. it was yeah. great. But this is the um, this is the Raiders I thought we'd see, to be honest. Like, mm, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I do think Josh Allen looked great. I I think he's gonna have games like he did against the Jets. That's that's why he isn't as good as for me, Burrow, Herbert, and Mahomes because those games where he just has three interceptions out of nowhere, but. <laughs> I think week to week he'll still be very very good, um, but I think the run game will need to see it again because I do think the Raiders are pretty poor up front. The secondary's not great. The linebackers aren't great, um, and I thought the offense was back to how I thought it would look. Um, but if I'm a Bills fan, I'm saying our corners and safeties looked back to the back to how we thought they'd look, um, mm-hmm. even against some good weapons. I know Devontae Adams left the game with a concussion, but he played majority of the game. So, yeah, good win for Buffalo. I think yeah, we'll see what the Raiders are like because I. I, I thought people got a little bit ahead of themselves last week just because they beat the Broncos. Um, uh, yeah, and, and we'll see. And if Devontae Adams is missing, I'd be worried for, for Jimmy G because I don't think Jimmy G was very good in this game at all. No, 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 not at all. Especially when they you know took away the run game as well. It, it got worse and worse and worse, um, for sure. Um, On to a run game that was very good as from the quarterback as well. Is uh, Oh, no, sorry, that's the next game. We'll, we'll go on to... Well, actually, the Dallas run game was really good as well. They shout, they shout out... Um, they show it out, which I think was really surprising. Actually, they don't, you know, they give it to Deuce Vaughn and Turpin, and but yeah, I mean, the Dallas very competitive game at the start, but as the pressure increased, the Jets and Zach Wilson fell away. The Jets won, sorry, the Cowboys won thirty to ten against the Jets, and the Dallas's defense was the star of the show again, wasn't it? Yeah, they were. They're, they're so good. <laughs> this is why I picked them to be in the Super Bowl, mainly because mm. of the defense, and I actually do like Dak. We'll talk about the offense in a minute because I thought Dak played really well against a very good defense. But um, yeah, defense was good. They did well on nearly all the third downs. I thought the secondary looked great. They, there was some moments against the Giants where it was just pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. But this week they caught two inceptions in zone coverage. That's how nailed they were in terms of like, okay, where, where, where are we? Where are we going? Who are we guarding? What position of the field have I got? And uh, I think Malik Hooker was one of them. Um, on zone coverage is quite hard to do against an uh, an offense like this that the Jets are probably going to run it more than they pass it. Um, so yeah, the defense looked great. Going back to Dak, I think he was thirty one for thirty eight, um, two hundred fifty five yards and a touchdown. The yards aren't this four hundred <laughs> yard game, but it's that efficiency. It's it's doing it on third down and it's against a great great defense. The offensive line did really well against these pass rushes. Um, and if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be feeling pretty good. I know it's against Zach Wilson. But you at least wanted your offense to look good because they didn't need to do anything against the Giants last week. And I thought the offense looked good. And CD Lamb, shout out, he's probably my performance of the week. Uh, 11 catches, 143 yards. I know Source Gardner says he didn't catch a ball on him, but when you watch the tape, that's not true. He caught plenty yeah. of balls on Source Gardner. Uh, loads of third downs. He had two times in a row, actually, where he either held or false started on him. And then he got the third down <laughs> converted for 25 plus <laughs> yards on his own. Um, so, yeah, that was the game of his career. Uh, all I'd say for the Cowboys is they need to get Pollard's kind of run efficiency up. Uh, not yeah. a big back. Running him a lot. Running him a lot back to back. So first down run, second down run. That's old Zeke style runs. That's not Pollard. I think if they can fix that side of their game, they could be the best team in the uh, in the NFC. And from the Jets' perspective, I just don't know what you could expect. So if you give Brees Hall four touches, oh, I know. you're not going to yeah. win. 
not going to win the game. They said, oh, we were down, so we had to throw it. It's like, yeah, you, you kind of have to throw it. But with this defense, I, you're one of the only teams in the league where I'd say, okay, we have to throw it in the fourth quarter. We don't yeah. need to throw it all game. And this is from someone who cares about analytics, who says you shouldn't run the ball that much. But Brutal needs more touches than four. For sure. Especially what how about- Darwin Cook looked like last last week as well. Like Darwin Cook was yeah, doing yeah. great last week and obviously he fumbled no. as well yesterday. So like... Yeah, and he did that last year as well, like four or five mm. times. Um, yeah, he led the league in fumbles, yeah. Yeah, something that's in in his game. Um, what do you think about Wilson? Obviously, ran the ball pretty well. They let him pass the ball more, so there's some confidence there. Yeah. Is he going to be the starting QB? Flash forward, I don't know, four weeks, we're in week six, or are they going to have to make a move? You know, honestly, I thought he got kind of, he looked good at the start, then got worse as the game went on, obviously through the picks and stuff, but... Last week he really impressed me. Like that drive um to throw you know, and then when they when he went uh the drive to take the lead and the guy Wilson one handed catch last week. That really impressed me that drive yesterday last week. This week again I d I didn't I didn't watch enough, but from what I saw I was I was I was like, okay, it just looks like a, it looks like a team with a guy who's only had one week as a starter, you know, taking starting reps. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. But um we'll see. And also they're playing against one of the best defense it's probably the best defence in the league as well, so you can't. I can't really take anything away from from that as well. But yeah, it's with the Jets' they got, schedule, you'll be playing all the best defenses. That is the only problem. They got Patriots next as well, yeah. and uh, Zach Wilson's notoriously bad against the Patriots. But yeah, I just think start the game better, run the ball better, um, and if your defense is barely getting any pressure on the QB, and you're the Jets, it's just a disastrous game because you're <laughs> built on that front, aren't you? They've got like seven or eight pass rushers that most of us would love to have on our team. Um, so yeah, a bit of a disaster, but yeah, good win for the Cowboys. I think they've got Arizona next week, so they're going to be three and zero, and probably defense is going to be the highest scoring fantasy defense in in history again. But uh, yeah, yeah, Parsons is on his way to uh, defensive player of the year for sure. Yeah, I, I I'm really impressed, and again, I've got him in about three of my leagues as well, so uh, I really don't mind it. Is a defense plays well at all. Um, on to the game that I teased just before. It is the the Colts beating the Texans, and this one was a weird one because. Anthony Richardson really impressed again. He started, he's um he started again in the battle versus fellow rookie CJ Stroud, who I also did like towards the end of the game too. Um, but unfortunately, he did not finish the game. His first try went five or six for fifty yards and uh, scored an eighteen yard scramble TD to the right. Uh, and then Indianapolis got the ball back after um after Stroud was strip sacked on third and five. And then on the you know, two plays later. Richardson kept the ball again and went in for a 15-yard rush TD to his left this time. An electric start, 14 to nothing. And from there, the Colts run away the game, really. And just, you know, from there, the thing you can really say about it is Richardson got taken out of a concussion. Um, and at the end of the first quarter, never came back. And the helmet he used is the same one that they've got uh, Tua wearing now. The same one that Derek Carr wear, is wearing as well. It's apparently the most concussion-proof helmet in the league. And he's, just, he's got a concussion, you know, second game, you know, in... So that we'll see. Well, but obviously with the way he runs as well, that's more. You know, you're more sustained to a concussion if you if you run like a running back. Um, but you know, uh, both QBs impressed me, and from what I saw, Richardson more so. But I I like Stroud. Um, what what are your thoughts on on this game and how, the Colts defense that's good as well. Did last yeah, week, definitely, I yeah. Too. yeah yeah it did look good last week as well. Um, pass rush looks pretty good for the Colts overall as well against a good offensive line. I think Tunsil was inactive in this game, but. Still, still a good line compared to some in the NFL, and uh, they got good pressure all day. But I think this, you know, he didn't finish the game. This is, game was definitely about the two rookies. Like, they were so hmm. good in the first half. I thought both of them were really good. A lot of people talking about um, Richardson, like you said, but I thought Stroud I like was really Stroud. good. I really do. Yeah. 
is my QB one in the draft as well. So I'm a little yeah. bit biased, but I thought he looked really good. And his receivers aren't. I know. I know Richardson's aren't great, but a lot of the damage he's doing is in the run game and in the play action game, where Stroud's having to drop back and yeah. pass it. Time he's and time in the again. right system for him as well. Like that, that sort of San Francisco system is the is the system for him with his mm-hmm. with his, his skill sets. And obviously, he's very accurate. Like that, that's that's what that, that you know. The, he's in the, the perfect fit. Obviously, Richardson is as well with Shane Steichen, who's. I mean, the Eagles don't look very good good about Shane Steichen now. So that <laughs> that you know, and obviously Richardson, we didn't expect him to come into the league and have this success, you know, straight away. Obviously, they'll they'll get tape and we'll see how he you know cut fares throughout the year. We saw sort of Lamar as well, obviously, um, in his mm-hmm. first year. But this is, I'm very impressed by both these guys. Very impressed. Yeah, definitely. Just got to hope that Richardson, obviously, is short term concussion. Yeah, um, yeah. He'll probably miss next week. I doubt he's going to play next week, but um, we need him to be back because A, he's fun, and B, he needs to just keep getting starts. That's the one thing for him. He hasn't played a lot of football, so he needs to play. No. Um, and Stroud is just a case of keep playing well. They need to improve the defense, keep getting young talent, uh, and then just get to a draft and draft a receiver. Draft a tight end, drop another receiver, yeah. And they just they just need a little bit of help. But yeah, I thought um it was a fun game, looked good. Um and obviously Jonathan Taylor's due to come back to this Colts team. Um mm. I had the Texas finishing above the Colts, and actually the Colts Same. have have impressed me a lot in week one and week two. Uh I don't think that's gonna be the case, unfortunately, anymore. It feels like Texans will be rock bottom again. But um yeah, we'll we'll see. This was a fun game, good rewatch as well. Um and yeah, both quarterbacks look good for, for sure. two starts. And we'll we'll finish off with the uh, the worst game of the week, the, uh, the the Bears at the Bucks. The Bucks go to two and zero, which is I would, did not think would happen uh, when I was predicting the league for sure. Um, this one was back and forth throughout. The Baker Mayfield was a Mike Evans connection was cooking. Baker loves a guy who goes up and gets it. Mike Evans obviously is a great guy to do that. Uh, yep. We saw that in the game today. Yesterday was his big touchdown. Um, and then the Bears are seventeen twenty down, and Justin Fields. Inside the five, two minute job to win the game, and he threw a pick six to shut Barrett um, to win Tampa Bay the game. Now, I like Justin Fields, but yesterday wasn't one of his good days. Yeah, I like Justin Fields as well, but both first two games have not been Justin Fields' days. Uh, so he I needs to run it more. That, like, honestly, he does need to run it more. He needs to yeah, run it more. That's his one. superpower. He's so good. They had... Sorry, they only had one designed run in this game. Like yeah, I, just, oh. I know he scrambles, but yeah, they're not running the ball at all. Uh, in terms of like design runs, which doesn't make sense. But yeah, he's throwing the lowest percent of his passes past the sticks in the NFL. So only 22% of his passes go past the line of scrimmage at the moment. And wow. he leads, leads the league in sack rate of 11.7%. <laughs> so compared to average, that's like 7.5%, sorry, 6.5% more. Um, so yeah, he doesn't look good. The offense doesn't look good. He actually looks worse. I spoke about this on our podcast last week, but. He actually looks worse at reading where the pressure's coming from than he did last year. Um, so I think the offense is a, <coughs> is a big issue. DJ Moore played okay, and they had like two big plays, which made Fields' yeah. yardage look better than his actual performance. But it's not just him. The whole team looks poor. I think the offensive line looks bad. We all know the defensive line was the worst in the league. And yeah, they're not getting hardly any pressure. They've got young secondary that play well sometimes, and then obviously have coverage busts at others just because they're young and inexperienced. But um, yeah, the whole team looks looks pretty pretty poor. Uh, and in terms of the Bucks, two and zero, like for them. Uh, I know the Falcons are also two and zero, but they, they they're obviously going to be joint leading the division, which is impressive. And Mike Evans leagues the league in target share as well from a fantasy football perspective, <laughs> and finished with 
171 yards in this game, which was fun. Yeah. And Baker had like 317 yards, one TD, no sacks, and no interceptions. So he think... looked, honestly, he looks so good when he's not pressured. He's Baker's like really good. I think that's the problem. Yeah. When the year in Cleveland that he had success, obviously they had one of the best offensive lines in the league that year. You know, and they won they won the playoff game against Pittsburgh. But and then obviously the next year. Yeah, but I I'm a big Baker fan. I always have been, um. And I said in the guy I did the stuff for the Bucks in the guide, and I said this is like this is their this is Baker's year to show that because otherwise if he does if he can't do anything this year then he's done as a starter. Yeah, yeah. I'd say he needs to. We need to see a bit more. Um, Vikings no, defense, Bears very, defense. Yeah, pretty bad. But uh, I'm not a Baker fan. But he's definitely he's definitely impressed me. And what I was going to mention was it links very well to the offensive line. Uh, obviously, they've got right move the right tackle to left tackle in Worths. Drafted a what third, fourth round in Cody Mock to go and play guard, new center because Ryan Jensen's probably yeah, going to retire. Um, and I think the offensive line, I know it's again against two bad pass rushes, but better than I thought. And like you said, when Baker has time to throw, he's much better than when he has people coming at him. So, um, yeah, it's been impressive. And I thought one thing to, 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 to mention about this game, um, Todd Bowles, not a great head coach for me, but. He's a great DC, and he decided just to blitz the life <laughs> actually out of Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields. And as a neutral, it's just fun to watch because it's either a big play or it is just the quarterback getting absolutely nailed time and time again. So, uh, yeah, well, they look better than I thought after two weeks, um, but I still wouldn't be uh, placing any bets on any Bucks playoff games. But um, we'll see. It's a good win for them, for sure. For sure. That concludes the podcast this week, going through every single week, two games on Sunday. There are two games on Monday, which I'll just get your, your predictions now. How do you feel the two games are going to get on tonight? Who do you think is going to win? Well, the Saints, I think, are going to win. Um, yeah. Because I think the Pampers looked pretty terrible in week one. Uh, Saints defense looked better than I thought it was going to look. Um, so, yeah, I'd say they're going to win, probably by touchdown plus. Um, and in terms of the other game, <laughs> I think that's going to be a typical AFC North Absolute mm. slobber knocker of like running the ball on first and ten, second and ten, loads of sacks, probably a fight, probably some missed field goals. It feels like it's going to be a typical AFC North game. Uh, I'm biased because I hate the Browns, so I'm going to say the Steelers, um, mm. but it wouldn't shock me at all because the Browns defense looks looks pretty good last week. Who uh, who have you got for tonight? I'm going to match you. I think the Saints again. Um, hopefully, we see more from them offensively as well. Um, well, obviously, a much worse defense than the. The Titans yeah. won. Uh, they had played against last week. And then, yeah, I'm going for the Steelers, but I, I think it'll be very close, what you said. And uh, mainly because, again, I've picked the Steelers come second in, in the division. And I had uh, Mike Tomlin as coach of the year. So I kind of just feel like I have, I have to, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to, I have to sort of stick to that pick now. And hopefully yeah. the offense looks as good as it did in preseason because against Niners, it was awful. Yeah, um, you need Kenny Pickett to look a little bit better only than last week. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, two games I'll be watching in the morning that I don't think for I'll be sure. staying up for, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, uh, well, we'll see, we'll see how uh, how badly these predictions age when people will listen to it tomorrow. We'll see. But yeah, thanks for you for joining me again, Liam. It's been great. Again, we'll have you on yeah throughout the season, and um, yeah, I, I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, perfect, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, just a reminder: if anyone likes any betting content, go follow uh, the podcast I'm on. It's on the same feed, so Full Ten Yards yeah. Betting Podcast. Me, Adam, and Tim. Uh, Thursday we record, um, break down the games for the, for the for the weekend or the primetime games and then pick our spreads and, and totals. So yeah, that's a fun podcast. But yeah, it's been great chatting to you, mate. Um, hopefully, uh, I don't have to start to hate you when the Dolphins win more games than the Chiefs because at the moment <laughs> it's fine, but we'll, we'll see as the season goes on. Frankfurt, bring on Frankfurt. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. So... Are you going? Oh, wow. <laughs> 
I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see if you can you break my heart with Tyreek Hill 200 yards. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, this has been the full 10 yards in the podcast. I've been Sam. He's been Liam. We'll see you on Thursday when we break down every single game in week three.